0: something something here we are it's wrestling time near and far joel and kate at eight o'clock no it's joel and kate at eight kate how are you
1: i'm good sorry my microphone is like not wanting to unmute
0: oh you're having a day it's miss late fabe
1: listen i've been working on a new setup and sometimes that makes defaulting to the old setup a little bit wonky, but we're here. We're living our best life.
0: That's right. We're going to get into it. We have a lot of wrestling to talk about. We have a lot. We have a lot of weird takes to talk about tonight. I think uh, this is this is probably the big difference between the show that I could do with Tim and the Tim and the show that I could do with you is that um, you try to and are more plugged into this news stuff. And the scooping stuff than Tim was. Tim wanted to talk exclusively TV, whereas you and I can kind of talk news a little bit and get away with it. Uh, we can he- talk
1: needle dicks. Is that what you
0: want to talk about? <laughs> I never want to talk about that. And I think that the more people talk about that stuff, uh, the, the more. People need to understand that it's like, I said this on Twitter. It's like feeding Mogwai. Stop feeding them after midnight. Because the more attention you give them, the more they're going to turn into gremlins. The more you're just going to give them fodder. Stop it. They thrive on this attention. Don't give them any.
1: Okay, but gremlins are pretty fun. So that's tough. It's true. Like, right? The movies were.
0: Yeah, the movies were great. Mogwai were the cute part.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. they were pretty adorable.
0: You know what else is adorable, Kate? Us. Yes. And the thumbs up here on this show. We're here every Sunday, 8 o'clock Eastern, except for last week. Sorry, I was at GCW. Um, rounding up a shit ton of enemies. To we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, leave us a comment, and you can subscribe to us here at Evil Overbooked. Keep uh, keep getting us here because we're getting we're getting all our content there every single day. We drop something and uh, send us your super chats if you're financially able or you just want to steal Kate's credit card information. Go ahead, do that. Drop a super chat. Wow. Any amount. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. Uh, any amount get your question or statement read right on the air, and of course, our Overbooked Discord is still up, and you can find the link in the description. Kate, I went to okay. GCW last week.
1: At least Sean says to steal your mom's credit cards. Why it got to be mine?
0: Listen, y'all can do whatever you want at the end of the day, but I just think that Kate has so much more money than she's leading on.
1: I can't confirm that that's not true.
0: Sounds like something someone uh, with a lot of money would say.
1: <laughs> you know what? That's a fair point. But based on the fact that I broadcast from a potato internet every week, I feel like the evidence is there. So
0: valid... working on that. You working are working on that. On that.
1: Let's oh, have
0: JC Dub. Yeah, that was uh so <laughs> what was more fun for me was going around and talking to a bunch of people. So uh let me let me tell you. So the show itself was really fun. They did uh worst behavior in Toronto, and the event was packed. It was sold out. They ran the opera house in Toronto, which is normally like a music venue, big stage in the front. And if you watch the uh if you watch the show, you know they had the chairs on the stage, and then the wrestlers came out and the ring was up against the stage. Uh, yeah, it was it was really, really busy. A lot of friends there, a lot of people there, a lot of wrestlers there. Um, just a really good night. Main event with Masha and Speedball was awesome. It was so much fun. And, uh, of course, I was largely offline, so I missed the, uh, the Sexy Eddie conversation, probably for the best, because I've been watching Sexy Eddie for about as long as I've been a wrestling fan, because I'm Canadian and I know the Indies here. Uh, it... I know you had a take on it, Kate. I I just want to, I want to get your, your take on the sexy Eddie, Matt Cardona situation, like a a full week later, really. And, and sexy Eddie was at C4 wrestling in Ottawa just last or two nights ago. So it's not like he hasn't gone anywhere.
1: Um, I know we kind of joked at the beginning of the show about like what happened this weekend. And there's to me a really, really, really big difference between what happened at GCW and what happened. Um, was that just yesterday? What happens with the days? (laughs) I do feel like, and I, everybody has their own line to draw for themselves. So I I don't want anyone to think that I feel right in my opinion in any way, but to me, I just don't think that spot was probably the best call because I feel like if two wrestlers want to do something, they should do it. If the audience didn't agree to it, that's an entirely different thing and i feel like even though it was an 18 plus venue thank goodness um i just feel like if you don't make an announcement or something like you should i think you should always have to opt in to see a a wiener i think that's a fair thing though his was covered um way 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 less jarring than what happened yesterday and i think um it also wasn't, like, actually exposed, even though it was exposed, right? Like, that's that's a part of it. I didn't know Sexy Eddie. I didn't know his gimmick. GCW crowds generally know what they're kind of in for. But I just feel like, um, to me, that's a that's a bit of a bridge too far. Like, that's um, There's a lot of things that you sign up for when you go to a GCW show. Someone being fully exposed is not really one of them. So, to me... Um, that's, that's over the line for, for me as a wrestling fan. Um, I feel like what happened yesterday is way less in the realm of an acceptable conversation than, than what happened last week. Cause that was still like character driven. That was still, I didn't know what something they've been doing for like decades. Good on him. He looks great. Uh, <laughs> I, I do feel like the audience should at least know what they're they're kind of signing up for so that that's kind of where I stand on it I don't think it was something that um should have sparked as much outrage in either direction I feel like anybody that is like oh my god wrestling is ruined because of the spot or people on the other side that are your gatekeeping, wrestling, how dare you? I think both of those are, are kind of dorky takes, to be honest. I, I think it's somewhere kind of in the middle, and either side that you fall on with the understanding of where the other side thinks is is probably the the fairest place to land.
0: So um, there's so much to unpack here. Like you said, Sexy Eddie's <laughs> been doing this for literally, thank you. Uh, <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> sexy eddie's been doing this for for over 20 years um for a lot of us in canada this is normal (laughs) it doesn't make it right and i understand that um i will say so much as the the 19 plus show helps i know people were saying 18 plus it was 19 plus because they were serving alcohol and it was an open venue for that so anyway not that a year makes a huge difference but you know well it,
1: for the <laughs> ignorant americans it kind of does because 18 is legality but 21 to drink so that that's where the differentiation is
0: yeah is so people are there people are is. drinking and that that's what it is um wh- yeah with eddie it's been for so long he he was he, he because he's been doing this for so long he's really good at covering up which is <laughs> in in some ways i kind of think back to naked midian which i don't know if you ever heard of or watched back in like wwf 2000 2001 this was a thing do you remember midian or have you ever heard of the rest don't so, so his name is dennis knight he midian came out when the undertaker retired just to make things more more recent he was one of the guys who came out for the Undertaker retirement ceremony, yada, yada, yada. And then everyone got COVID because he came and he had COVID. But that's not important. The point is, uh, Dennis Knight, who was Midian in, in WWF back in the Attitude Era, uh, eventually had a gimmick where he was called Naked Midian. Naked Midian went around with a fanny pack on and a flesh-colored thong, mind you, but he was still giving the appearance of nudity. Uh, Sexy Eddie does hold his DNB while he's doing a moonsault, but he also very much knows how to keep that out of your face and out of your your line of sight uh it's provocative wrestling sometimes is provocative again i'm not gonna trample on anyone's opinion if 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 it's not for you it's not for you that's fine it's jarring as hell sometimes to see um for someone like me it's funny but i have a different life experience than someone else who may not find it as funny so the sexy Eddie thing was something that I kind of woke up to the next day and kind of scoffed and said, all right, we're done. Uh, I don't need to listen to this. What happened last night? I'm not going to talk about any further than that. That should not happen. That should not be okay. That should not be considered okay. That should not be uh the stupid woke conversation is not relevant here in any way, shape or form. Well, now, it's
1: not. It's not actually a conversation. No, it's, it's not. That's it's the it's thing. Yeah.
0: People just sucking uh psychos better than wolverine over on twitch.tv slash FIFA gaming with a few bits saying naked midian was even in the old wwf video (laughs) game blurred the private parts it's true they did so that was kind of my take on sex yeti i i I, again i grew up in the ontario indies watching this guy so it was just funny to watch him work cardona and uh i I think i was telling you some of the behind the scenes conversation which i found hilarious we won't get into it here but let's just say that. if, if you guys were shocked at home, uh, Matt Cardona probably felt a little bit more shocked when he had to figure out how to work with the sexy Eddie and, and do his thing. Um, but yeah, the, the night was fun. When Tim and I got there to shoot interviews, um, I don't know if people have been who are watching who have been to the Opera House, but I'll give you an idea. It's It's got a couple of tiers and it's got a VIP room on the second floor in the very back, but like, there's no lighting. Okay, everything is naturally lit. So we had like nowhere to do video interviews in a proper setting. Our first interview was with uh, w- was with Effie and it was great because you know Effie is so approachable and such a wonderful human being. Uh, and he was immediately like, let's do it, Let- let's go. So like we went upstairs, we did the interview there. And then um, later on we got Matt Cardona and Cardona was like, I got five minutes and we're gonna do it at my merch table. And I'm like, your merch table is at the entrance on like a stand-up bar table as people are walking in. He's like, yeah, you want to do it or not? It's like, ah, shit. (laughs) (laughs) So he did it, and that interview drops uh, this week sometime. If if you're on Fightful Select, the uh, select portion basically said, you know, I I stood up with Matt Cardona in in an interview that has basically no news but will get a few headlines. There's one in particular that I know is going to drop. It's going to make some people look once or twice at it.
1: Well, you were the least of his concerns if he was wrestling a man who was taking his, as Taz would say, yam back out. I'll I'll give Sex Andy a ton of credit for two things, by the way. One, his an- handle ends in sixty nine. You know that I stand that. Nice. Um, God bless in solidarity with other sixty nine um enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. Second of all, that is just a risky thing. I don't I don't have them parts, but from what I hear, it doesn't feel great when they get trampled. So that's just. People botch moonsaults sometimes, Joel. I mean, that's forget about exposing yourself to the crowd. You're exposing yourself to the canvas and putting pressure on parts that I've I've heard you don't really want pressure on.
0: I forget. I was watching. <clears throat> I was watching Impact. It was either Sacrifice or the show before Sacrifice. Someone did a sack tap, and I was explaining to Krusta how the sack tap is much more painful for guys than a straight up kick in the balls. And like, it's, it's, it's a different feeling. It's like a, a ripple effect, but anyway, that's There's kind of-
1: like a pause, oh. right? It's like a yeah. delayed pain.
0: Yeah, exactly. It was very strange. Yeah. So uh, anyway, who, uh, so, so we got through the whole show. It was busy. It was crazy. Ran into John Pollock, shout out John Pollock from post wrestling. Uh, and uh, after the show, um, the people who are helping us out i give a big 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 shout out to the crew from iws they were on top of things uh, iws is, is a montreal-based wrestling promotion they're the ones that originally brought in gcw for the shows in montreal and then they were partnered again for the shows in toronto their crew is just fantastic i cannot say enough positive things about them uh, as as people as wrestlers they were they Brought me and Tim in. They treated us very well uh, to the point where when the show finished, they were like, who do you want? And I'll send them all to you and go up on the stage while they're doing whatever. And you're good to go. So uh, I just said, I want Joey Janella. I want Masha. I want speedball. I want uh, just anyone you can throw my way. These are the people I want. So I got those ones. I got Masha. I got speedball, got uh, Janella. So you'll see those. Masha dropped today, by the way, her first interview as GCW world champion, which is kind of cool to have. Uh, and then Speedball is going to have a lot to say about his stuff coming up with the collective because he is going on an absolute tear, Kate. He's going to be having three matches in one day, and they're all high profile matches. He's got Tanahashi, he's got Shihiro Airi, he's got Vikingo, uh, and he's got Ibushi. Ibushi at Bloodsport is going to be something that people are not expecting to be as good as it's going to be. And it's going So to be
1: if right. you look behind you next to your base on yeah. the floor, yeah. You might see all of the names that you just dropped.
0: Uh, yeah, I had to. <laughs> I had to.
1: No, it's it's so awesome. One, they got to do that. And I'm so glad that you worked in music. I've worked in music. We're both familiar with when venues are uncooperative or poorly run. It makes life real damn hard. Uh, and the other thing is to your point about speedball it's kind of crazy to think like the run that you can go on as an independent wrestler without being like none of the matches that you mentioned are high profile television matches but they are like enormously large high profile matches like speedball's probably at the top like probably in most people's short lists i think of like on the rise super over right now I'm sure major TV companies are eyeballing them outside of Impact. Like to think that they get to do that and they're not signed. Like to to be able to have literal dream matches as an unsigned wrestler is kind of absolutely bonkers. And I know he's he's working Impact. I don't know who's but, on contracts at Impact and who signed not it. He's
0: signed to Impact. That whole story. Oh, is, very
1: cool. Okay. Yeah,
0: he's got a really funny story because uh, he basically signed the same way Josh Alexander signed, which was when destiny wrestling which is based out of mississauga they were running a show scott demore was there and he offered uh, josh alexander years ago a contract to sign full-time with with impact and he signed it on scott's back at the show live years later as mike bailey was finishing his his five-year whatever you want to call it from being able to to wrestle across the border uh, we talked about that in the interview too he, he gave me g- gave me um not a hint, not a mindful but like he talked about his how he saw his 5 years away from the states or wrestling outside of canada he he's he tells me about that experience but anyway um when that was up he had a match against josh alexander at destiny wrestling and scott Demore comes out after that match and josh gives the contract to mike bailey and mike bailey signs the contract on josh's back so oh, there's a really cute moment in there a
1: tradition
0: so, so speedball speedball is uh, is signed to impact yeah
1: that's awesome i just don't know because their contracts are so funny
0: they are i I, I, like. I can't even begin to tell you like who who works full-time or who works what and like it feels like they're scheduled because well, they they'll belt
1: you like they'll belt you up even if you're not signed there <laughs> which i actually think is cool but usually if someone's not signed there's a delineation of like oh you know they're not pushed necessarily the highest or they're on an appearance deal or whatever It's usually not the people that are like your key players but I th- I think it's awesome because then you're, I, that always made sense to me. Like your champions are out getting exposure for your brand in other places. That's just cool. So
0: it feels like with Impact, I, and I want to talk to Scott Demore to about this so badly. Uh, the way that they kind of run the tapings is they have their core group, the people who are signed, and then they have their. Special guests that come for every set of taping, right? I thought that the Hex was on a longer deal. No, they were just special guests. Lince Dorado is doing the Windsor tapings uh, that he did last night, and he did Sacrifice. That was a special guest spot for Lince. So, like stuff like that, when it happens, Bendito's done it too. Um, those are really fun. But uh, you can tell who the core group is just by you know watching the show, and even for you know three, four weeks, you'll you'll figure it out pretty quick.
1: That makes sense.
0: Yeah. I guess we should get a couple super chats in, shouldn't we? We shall. All right. Well, Van Twinblade starts us off. Shaza McKenzie is no longer an Aussie. You're forever an Aussie. Let's face it. Maybe you're just not living there. Uh, So she is now a saint. She's Aussie closed. Get it.
1: (laughs) If you ain't Aussie open, you're Aussie closed.
0: Anyway, Shaza (laughs) now lives in St. Louis. She's a Saint Luligan. I like that. And will soon be addicted to toasted ravs, like the rest of us. I'm assuming toasted ravs is toasted ravioli.
1: I would assume so. I don't actually know either, but I do know she's going to kick Sean Rossab's ass someday. So oh, looking forward yes. to that.
0: I look forward to that. So it's going to be
1: beautiful. It's going to be delicious.
0: Have you ever been to St. Louis?
1: I have not been to St. Louis.
0: I went when I was before, before I started doing wrestling stuff, I went for a, a retreat conference thing stated to wash you. It's it's a nice place, but it was hot as hell, hot as balls. It was like the middle of August.
1: That'll do it. And I hear there's like parts of it that are nice, and then there's parts of it that are rather spicy. Not yeah, necessarily the best.
0: That's every which major. which is like
1: every yeah every major city, I suppose.
0: It's gonna say go go where you are, and it's the same thing.
1: Well, I'm in I'm in a very I'm in Somerville, New Jersey, but New York, yes.
0: <laughs> Come on, Molly, that's true. All of Jersey's trash.
1: Hold on. Hmm? Only parts of it.
0: <laughs> Chat. I'm sorry. If- any of you are New Jerseyans. No, he's not. But your state is trash. Uh, Cody Wells with the Super Chat asking, top three matches we're looking forward to this weekend. So WrestleMania is next weekend. Uh, and The Collective, too, and a whole slew of wrestling. Are you looking forward to any specific matches coming up?
1: Big time. Uh, the IC title match is probably what I'm looking most forward to for Mania. Yeah. Um, and Supercard... The Reach for the Sky Ladder match, of course. But, like, Eddie and Claudio are two of my favorites. And I think Eddie might go over. And I'm just the biggest Eddie stan in the world. So, very excited about that for Supercard. Um, trying to think of anything else mania-wise. I'm excited to see what happens with Cody and Roman. I'm very excited to see Kevin Owens and Sammy hopefully win. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting to me, for Mania, as much as there's, like, individual matches I'm looking forward to, it's very possible that, I mean, truly it's possible every title changes, but I think it's extremely likely that every title but one will change, and that makes me more interested more in the overall landscape than, like, necessarily any one particular match, so I I think... That's just kind of exciting. We haven't had, you know, Roman's almost in 1,000 days. We haven't had a babyface champion in almost a 1,000 days. Where's the slate of competitors for that guy? Um, Same with the Usos. Like, Kevin and Sammy are going to be super babyface. We haven't had that tag division, and the tag division could really, really use those tag titles not being held up in the the bloodline picture and being defended more regularly and stuff. So I'm really excited about that. I think it's possible Gunther retains, too. But I think Austin Theory kind of has to win after the way John Cena neutered it. Uh <laughs> I, I, I feel like everything else is is in play. So I, I'm really excited about just the refresh that we might get after Mania. What matches are you looking forward to?
0: So I mentioned Speedball and Ibushi. That's high on my list. Commander and Vikingo.
1: Oh my god! And, yeah, like
0: from SuperCard. Uh, that whole, that whole supercard show is shaping up real nicely. And I'm, I'm behind on ROH because, you know, Thursdays, you and I split the duties on what we're watching duties, <laughs> but, uh, I'm slowly catching up on ring of honor. And then I'm looking forward to, to that. Well,
1: Joe, darn it. If I don't have the place for you to catch up, <laughs> it's the ROH post show. Reg and I talk about ROH right before you talk about impact. You could just rewind on your own show. And you then, know that there you, you
0: go. You know that I'm like editing your show after it's done, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I know. I was just I'm trying to plug us. It.
0: Yeah, I know. you just giving me, I know. They want, you they should, say, know. bro. <laughs> they should know. So if you know, the good the, people right? should know. <laughs> yeah. So if you notice <laughs> that the ROH show sounds a little bit better than all the other shows on the Fightful Pod slate, that's because your boy is mixing and mastering it a little bit better. Yeah. And if it's clipping, then someone else is doing it clearly.
1: Uh, Obviously,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. And then I'm looking forward to Ko and Sammy versus the Usos at WrestleMania, and of course the Cody Roman match, like the 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 big bloodline stuff. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, So we're going to find out. We're going to find out what uh, what's in store for post Mania. I think, like you said, there's a lot of really exciting opportunities to tell stories after Mania that maybe haven't been explored yet. And on top of that, you and I have talked about it here, and I've said it on other shows. But I love the idea of maybe the raw after mania being a thing again. And I yes. think it will be. I really do think that this is the, gonna be the first year back where Raw After Mania means something.
1: I really hope so, because that was almost it always felt like WrestleMania was your season finale and then you got the season debut, right, right with Raw After Mania. The past couple years it's been like Rick Boogs is back or whoever. Like it hasn't been like uh no offense to Rick Boogs, but like it um It hasn't felt super impactful. It almost felt like another night of mania, like from an excitement level standpoint. So I hope we get that again. I think it's very possible you see Austin Theory retained against Cena. Austin Theory come out and say, I'm going to do an open challenge just like John Cena does. And he drops the belt to Montez Ford could be a possibility. NXT Colbs could be a possibility. NXT Colbs could be a possibility in general with that. Um... I'm I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully, feeling like it has some some kind of punch to it again, gad willing.
0: Stand and deliver is coming up on Saturday morning. You're going to be doing the post show with uh, with Alex Pulaski. I will be. What's uh, you guys obviously cover NXT? You Do the post show every every Tuesday night along with the karaoke and the gimmicks and the. Voices and stuff.
1: a lot but, of puns and impressions and singing.
0: A lot of puns, and I and I think there are some people who assume that like your show is inherently negative because of the stuff that sometimes is done behind the paywall. But um, lately, you guys have had a few more positive things to say about NXT. To correct me if I'm wrong. What are you looking forward to most at uh, Stand and Deliver this year?
1: NXT is funny because it's a roller coaster, and while we're hypercritical on the creative direction of things it's never the in-ring and or rarely the in-ring and i do feel like stand and deliver last year as well as like other preview live events the in-ring has just been fantastic um i really want to see what they do with braun and carmelo i think that uh that's been the most natural story it's been really well done because it's just been true like the whole thing has been like, we were the two guys that have been picked. Let's see what that looks like. And Carmelo's so grand on the mic. He really sold me on it with his, kind of had this promo that was like, I don't want Fisherman Braun. I don't want like, went through these other iterations of him that have felt kind of off track. It was like, give me the, basically the explosive athlete that you, you really are in the ring. Really, really good stuff. Assuming Roxanne is cleared to wrestle, um, I don't, I don't really like how they went about building this out if it's entirely a work, but I do think a women's ladder match is a cool idea. We haven't seen something like that in a really, really long time. Um, if they're calling her up, I think it's going to Tiffany Stratton. She's across any wrestling brand in the whole wide world is one of the most improved people that is in wrestling. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to those. It's hard to get invested in the tag title pictures because they don't really, prioritize them in nxt especially the women's but that triple threat should be really good so we'll see what happens but it's just hard because they essentially tell one story with the tag pictures. so we will see
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely the super chat we just got popped me so we'll read that in a minute but uh i, I will <laughs> say exactly i will say that i'm looking forward to stand and deliver i'm looking forward to braun and mellow because it's a long time coming it's something that I think a lot of us, when 2.0 came around, said like, oh yeah, this is the match. There was this and then Cora Jade and Roxanne, but like, we don't know where Cora Jade is. However, starting to think about maybe if Cora Jade is available for Stand and Deliver, I could see her costing Lyra Valkyria the match at the the latter match, because that's the person who last feuded with Cora Jade. So we can kind of start telling that story a little bit. At the same time, I don't, if Roxanne makes it into the match and she's cleared, I really don't want to see anyone else win the title other than her. And I don't like the idea of her having to win the title back that she already has. But I also don't want to go back to, you know, Money in the Bank 2011 and do. <laughs> do Punk and Cena redux and have like the champ versus the champ and then we do a ladder match at, at WrestleMania 10 between Razor Ramon. We're not doing this. I don't want to do this. But I I'm interested in how they tell that story. I don't think it's been told uh, terribly well to be perfectly honest, but um there's there's something there when you have five women in the match that normally would have six. Um but they're doing five for the North American Championship match and Let's, um I don't know if you've read the spoilers for this week's show. Um So maybe we won't talk about who the fifth person is. Unless you know who, the unless you don't know who it is.
1: I actually don't know who it is, but I don't, I <laughs> We're don't not mind gonna spoilers either.
0: I'm not, I'm not going to spoil it either. Um Who would you like for it to be in a perfect world? Who would win that battle royal? And by the way, Chad, don't, 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 don't spoil it. Like, I, I, I
1: mean, I would like for Roxanne to win it and keep it, right. Um if if it's not her, it's gotta be Tiffany Stratton and the fifth entrant.
0: So the fifth entrant for the women's ladder match is the triple threat, right? It's the 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 losers match basically. So it's who is it? Indy. Right. Yeah, I'm forgetting who the three are. I know Indy because she just lost um this past week. So so the three the three losers have their last chance match, but I'm also talking about the North American. Match North American title match. That's five. Oh and they're doing a battle royal, where that's the one where Axiom confronted wesley and was just like, Where's my shot? And he's like, You, you need to earn it. And so now they're doing a battle royal.
1: So that story has been terrible because he's just hand-picked people that he had an open challenge, and then there was too much chaos backstage, and then he handpicked people, but told Axiom, who's been sniffing around it the whole time he had to earn it. That was weird. I would love for Axiom to win it. But, like, if I could go with anybody, just, like, a sleeper pick or something, it would be Odyssey Jones. I feel like there's so many high flyers in this and so many, like, fast-moving guys. I love it when you get a guy in a match like that where there's, like, four extremely athletic, fast-paced dudes and you get someone in there who... Odyssey Jones can move, but he's a truck and he's gonna... I, I feel like that's where Baron Corbin succeeds is these matches where he's, like... The guy that can kind of pause everything, slow things down a little bit, be an X factor in that match. My guess is they would go if they wanted to do that, they would probably push Don Wagner, which I'm not excited about. But I would love for it to be Axiom. Axiom's unbelievable in the ring. Um, and I I wouldn't mind him, I wouldn't mind him winning that. I think that would be great.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I could see that. Um, it is the HPK way, or at least it's the NXT trope to have the five-man show have a uh, one big man to to be Godzilla, where they take Always. I just- <laughs> uh, Gotta swat him out of the midair. And Odyssey would be a great, great foil for that. Um, I know that Alex kind of jokingly and unjokingly said Von Wagner. Von Wagner would be hilarious for that. I don't think it's going to be him. I don't know what they're doing with Von Wagner, but that's a whole other can of worms.
1: I don't know if they do. And the half-joking thing is like, we don't want to see him in there, but it's very possible they would put him in there. That's actually where he's been best. (laughs) I don't don't think he's been great, but that's where he's been best is, is being that guy in that match where he can just chuck someone out of the ring and kind of move really slow. Like I I feel like his matches are all kind of, it's like a lot of shoulder blocks and standing around. So this is a better context for him (laughs) that way.
0: All right, let's let's get to the one that popped me. Chi Town Spurs. Do you think the first NXT show in Saudi Arabia should be called Sand and Deliver? My God, I'm gonna sandbag you, Chi Town Spurs. That's perfect. No,
1: that's fantastic.
0: I'm such a fan. And then yeah. Cyclops is better than Wolverine with the cheers, of uh, the bits over at uh Gaming. If I'm triple H, I'm immediately sending triple uh, spending sending Tiffany Stratton, Carmelo Hayes, and Trick Williams and Roxanne to the main with a rocket push immediately. I I see where you're coming from. I think it's a lot of people to try and put on an already established roster. Um, You have two shows to work with, Ron Smackdown. But I still think there is a little more time needed for some of these people. Roxanne, and Kate, you and I talked about this. Roxanne is one of those tentpole wrestlers for NXT. She's young. She's got so much time to cook and do her thing. Um, Stratton's another one who has time. But I could see... Getting fast tracked because she's had a huge, huge just rocket of. Um, she's gotten better every single time you see her in the ring. She's gotten better.
1: Unbelievably so. Exactly. Unbelievably then, so. Yeah.
0: Mellow and Trick, I'm again, I want I, the only reason I want them to stay is because, like we said, tentpole. Those people who are really, really good and should stick around because it makes the brand stronger. I could see them moving Braun up and then having Trick and Mellow. Stick around, because also in terms of like going to media, talking to media, Trick and Mello would be fantastic at that.
1: I would say, regardless of who wins the Braun and Carvello match, the other one is probably going up. I think that open challenge idea, Alex had booked this a while ago of doing like um he added that Cena would beat Austin. Theory, I don't think they're going in that direction, especially since John Cena is going to be leaving WrestleMania at um, seven thirty p.m. Um, <laughs> I Broxy. I loved that idea of like an open challenge, and then you know he had said Braun Breaker opens it. I feel like he's like super cut out for a U.S. title Braun Breaker. Like he just kind of has that presence to him that I think would be really good. I would love to see it be Julius Creed. I if I'm if I'm calling anyone up tomorrow, it's Otis and Gable are split. The Creed brothers are getting paired with Chad Gable. Um, that to me makes the most sense. I don't know how much longer, and this is no offense to Brutus, I don't know how much longer you can deny that Julius Creed is like the it guy in the ring. But it also I think we're seeing it right now with Montez Ford where it doesn't mean you have to have like some nasty, dumb split. Like people can just go on singles runs. I think the New Day taught us that better than anyone. Um, so that that's my pick because I think – I think you either got to do that reformed American Alpha Academy or you have to just kind of admit to yourself that like once Paul Heyman is done being Roman Reigns' little bitch, the advocate for Julius Creed, you could make a star with some ridiculous run. So that that's kind of my picks to go up. It's also just tricky, especially with the women's division, because it's been... So weak on SmackDown. I know a lot of people don't like Ronda Rousey, but she was damn right about what she said. Um, you have to figure out what you're doing with the people you have because that entire tag division is Raquel and a friend, Natty and a friend, Liv and a friend, whatever. Like it's just, it's been so rotated. Um, it's not, to me, that doesn't read as you have a division. So I think it's really important to look at the chess pieces you have in play right now. I think, unfortunately, we're probably due for a round of cuts. Like, I, I think you're going to see that with some of these NXT talent, which breaks my heart because it's not even anybody's fault. But I think there's some people that probably maxed out their potential in NXT and probably some people on the main roster that um, not, to no fault of their own. It just happens in wrestling sometimes where things things don't click in for you. Um, but I, I think we'll probably see cuts and call-ups and, and things start to move and shape because NXT, there's some people that are just maxed out.
0: Yeah, and it feels like the way that creative has been working, it's kind of like we're doing as much as we can given what is – what. basically, they're trying to, in some cases, appease Vince. And I'm not saying that Vince is back. That's not what I'm trying to say. But I'm saying that I think there's a little bit of uneasiness when it comes to creative because – like Rhonda said, you know, this was before Triple H took over, but she basically alluded to the idea that there are no secondary women's feuds or no real no real time given to the women in WWE outside of, you know, a few five-minute segments here and there. And she posited that the feud with Liv Morgan could have been better and longer if, you know, there weren't octogenarians running the show. Um, my point was really that Vince is still in a position of power. It may not be overseeing creative day to day, but to a certain degree, we know Triple H speaks to Vince. I wouldn't be surprised if they're trying not to rock the boat too far, give him, you know, give Vince the illusion that he's still good while Triple H says, you know, we're still doing well. Look at the ratings, look at the houses, look at the money. We're good. Don't worry about it. We're cool. And then Vince once in a while calls up and says, what about Brock versus Olmos? And Triple H just says, good call, boss. Let's do that. So Things little things like that they will give maybe give Vince a win. But um
1: And one thing we do know is that they're trying to sell the company, right? Like there are things, whether we like it or not, where they're going to do I there's nothing more I would rather see than Sami Zayn as a champion. Cody Rhodes is the guy that they're going to want as their champion if they're trying to sell the company. Like he's he's the guy that is the look that they want for for selling the company. I don't think it's right. I don't think it's the most creatively satisfying. I don't think it's uncreatively satisfying, but I don't think it's the most creatively satisfying. So there are things that just realistically, people are going to be put in certain positions because you're trying to sell. So um, And that, that could also come into play with cuts as well. Who knows? So um, I, I think it's entirely possible that Vince might not have like input in that way, but he might be like, hey, we're trying to sell a company. It would... Behoove us to do X, Y, and Z, or have these people on the front burner. And unfortunately, that doesn't mean Chad Gable, probably. Like that, um, I would love for to see him in an important position. I would love to see Gargano in an important position.
0: Gargano also, is in an important position in our hearts. Our rebel. He,
1: hearts. He's losing to Dominic Mysterio clean on the main roster, brother. <laughs> yeah, it
0: doesn't. Too much. We're telling stories, pal. Uh, I want to bring up Mike Straw's comments from uh, from twitch.tv slash riflegaming. What are your thoughts on Braumbreaker's name for the main roster? It seems clear that they view him as a main event level star, but the name just doesn't say main event to me. Now, I. He's a Steiner! I was never of the grouping that was like, he's got to be a Steiner. Yeah, listen, he leans the hell into it, and they talk about the lineage. I. It doesn't bug me. It doesn't. The only reason I can see them changing his name is because they have a Braun Strowman. And if this were still the Vince game, he would be saying, nope, we already have one of those. And then they change his name. What it would be, well, that's a whole other can of worms. Braun Breaker is, it's fine. It's it, the A name doesn't bug me as much. Butch got over as Butch. And now people are saying, you know, you got a, you got a 50-50 split on this whole reporting about Yes, yes, it's true. You can't tell me that Butch hasn't gotten over as Butch because there are people who have no idea who Pete Dunne is, was, or could be. Butch has gotten over on his own and doing what he's been doing with Brawling Brutes. You can do the same with Braun Breaker. It's what's in a name. What are your thoughts, Braun Breaker, other than he's a Steiner? Say you didn't know he was a Steiner. Say you then you would, like I it would it say
1: before. I've never seen the Steiners before, the, the there's just like a literal issue that he moves like his uncle. And he looks like, like he, but who knows
0: about him? Because if you didn't watch WCW back in the day, or you didn't watch the Steiners on the WWE network, then what do you know about the Steiners? Because there are tons of 20, 25 year old kids who have zero clue who these people are.
1: Well, then they should stop alluding to it. And also the audience he has been fighting for has been like 70 year old. So they know well,
0: um, going down, by the way. So don't give me that. <laughs> I, we talked about that today. That number has been going down year over year.
1: From 52. from where did it, where did it start? Joel?
0: 54. And I think it's gone down to 52 or
1: 53. Yeah. Okay. Let me tell you what, 52 year olds. Remember the Steiners? They lean into yeah. it a lot. So it's it, to me, it's take a side of the fence. They're out there barking. They kidnap Rick Steiner. Joe Gacy kidnapped him.
0: That was Rick Breaker. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: Rick Breaker. His Hall of Fame ring, Joel. He stole the Hall of Fame ring. I actually don't have a problem with Braun Breaker. I have a problem with Braun Breaker. Get the second K out of there, please. But just call him a Steiner. Um, Or or don't. But pick a side of the fence. The double consonant thing kills me. Just to stop it.
0: Stop it!
1: Yeah, just stop.
0: Fine. Let's get let's 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 talk about Roman real quick because it is it is part of the thumbnail plus the other thing, but uh, (laughs) Roman Reigns. Bye. People talking about the one thousand day reign possibility. I know there are people in the chat who immediately said absolutely not. Chat, I agree with you, but let's get into this. Is there room for a possibility that Roman Reigns retains at WrestleMania? And loses the title, let's say SummerSlam. What would you what would you say?
1: Well, a thousand days puts you in Saudi Arabia.
0: Just as well.
1: Well, the reason I don't think they'll do that is largely the Saudi shows are not like viewed as quote unquote canon or whatever. You know what I mean? Like they're not
0: changing. That's been changing.
1: It has been changing. I still don't feel like they do. A world title change there, if they do, I think it's pretty indicative of who they're looking to sell to in a a really strong way.
0: That's what I don't on the title
1: but the, those shows are at like ten a m in bed so um i I think you you have the most monumental reign of all time end at the biggest show that you have on the card to now the biggest face that they've created. So I I would go with that route, and I think they will go with that route. Is there a possibility? Absolutely. They love those milestones. They love those numbers. Um, but I, I my gut just tells me that it's it's time to end it here. There's not really because um, SummerSlam is before or after the thousand days. It's after by one pay per view, right? So yeah, I, I don't I don't think they drag that out, and I think they also don't want to have a Cody beating Roman twice just feels weaker unless it's like a very, very, very carefully crafted story with the bloodline where it's like now solo's turned up. Like it has to be an absolute dismantling of the bloodline for Cody to win twice. Um, But I think just one and done here is a, a good deal. Set up, set up Cody and Gunther for SummerSlam. That's an awesome call. That's an awesome call.
0: I think your, your SummerSlam is Cody and Seth, quite honestly. I know people he three times. I know that, but this is a different Seth Rollins or something.
1: <laughs> They're both faces.
0: Yeah. And Seth, is, you can move around with Seth. You know, that. Seth is
1: because of Chris Jericho, people sing his theme. He's a face.
0: You know, that people never used to sing themes until Judas. King Did you hear that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kurt
1: Angle used to come out to crickets. So weird.
0: <laughs> no one ever sang any, any theme song before that. Yeah. Um, So, okay. I see the merit of a thousand days. I don't see the merit of having Cody chase beyond WrestleMania. Cody's the only person that makes sense to take that title off of Roman. The story's there. The promos are there. They're doing everything right. This is Cody's night. I rhyme there. But at the same time, yeah, you could surprise the people and maybe have Roman Reigns retain with some tomfoolery and and WrestleMania goes off the air second night everyone's upset more than they are ecstatic with a new champion but uh, you can do that and then Roman's like "All right, I'm on the Brock deal now see you guys at SummerSlam and then you do Cody and Roman too
1: you do Roman and Brock 11
0: oh I'm down with that you do Roman and Brock 11 in Saudi Arabia because that's the big money deal Roman
1: Brack, it... Omas, Saudi Arabia. Oh, I'm so
0: into it. But the idea here really is just that if you don't do it now, then you're just going to wind up doing it after the thousand days, which makes just no sense. At that point, you're just trying to get to a, to a number. And if this were Vince McMahon's WWE, you would be going for that number. It, because we're not doing that, we're telling stories, pal. I am pretty confident we're not going to do the thousand day rain.
1: I would say you never know, but I think it's unlikely. Like, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility, but I feel like, because um, then what are you even, you can't realistically drag this out without Roman being around either. Like, I can't watch another two months of of Cody and Paul Heyman promos about this. Like, I, it, it just wouldn't, it just I, I just, I don't see it working well. I don't see it working well.
0: That's when you bring in Brandy. And you start having Brandy and Paul Heyman promos.
1: Who the hell told Paul Heyman it was open mic night? That's That's what I wanted to
0: know. That's right. And then you just start having them jaw jack for a few months. That's it. That's it. And then Pharaoh comes in.
1: I was just going to say Pharaoh cuts a promo.
0: Yeah. Pharaoh and the promo is I'm the big dog of the World Wrestling Federation. That's That's it so that's that's kind QT of Q T
1: Marshall goes. shows up somehow
0: oh i'm so, so excited for qt let me tell you qt tv that is the reason people should be watching dynamite
1: yo it should be lit this week
0: <laughs> did you just do it
1: yeah i did are you
0: are we 13 again
1: <laughs> yes we are and you just lost the game so how about that
0: whatever just man
1: <sighs> nailed it so
0: <laughs> so that's that's kind of the feeling with mania is uh it's going to go off the air with, with some good feelings and some good vibes, I think. Which is nice. I, I look forward it's to it.
1: It's going to go off the air with so much pyro. Yeah. Like, an gonna- egregious like- amount of pyro.
0: Yes. What was the Cody quote? Was it an outrageous amount? Do I know? don't
1: know, but it's going to be obscene.
0: Oh, I thought you were talking about the Cody quote.
1: Oh, no. I was just saying that as a person. I didn't Oh, know no. I, now I'm
0: going to find it. Hold on uh cody rhodes on his wrestlemania 39 entrance i think you're looking at record-setting amounts of pyro that's, that's just it. the entrance
1: that's it adrenaline in my pyro no,
0: anyway cyclops is better than logan with the bits over at fightful twitch.tv slash fightful gaming a uh, thousand days means nothing when bruno had the belt from the jurassic era to the 1980s let cody finish the story he's got the weight belt I'm surprised people aren't asking where the AEW part of the weight belt is. I'm sure it's just not in the photo. But um, yeah, did you see the weight belt that Cody posted?
1: I did. That was pretty cool. I'm
0: that's really pretty jazzed, cool. That's pretty cool. You think they'll make replicas and sell them for way too much money on eShop?
1: Yeah, of course. I, I really hope so. Of course they
0: will. Uh, all right. I guess we got to talk about it. CM Punk loves tweet deletes, except the IG stories. And IG deletes? Delete? Yes, it's in the thumbnail because I just wanted to mess with people. Um, Sigh. I don't know where to start with this. It may so all of last week. Sean Ross Sapp was talking about how we, he has this big update on CM Punk, and it's going to be the first time in a while that we've actually talked about him. Blah 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 blah. And then, like, literally the day before, he was planning to post it. Well, everything got upended by the little Dave Meltzer forum snapshot that got bigger and bigger until cm punk got angry and uh yeah it kind of made the reporting a little bit more uh troublesome for sean he had to dig a little bit more uh listen you're the cm punk fan here i i'm still trying to process how i feel about this because it's a part of me that's just like phil shut the fuck up (laughs) yeah that's
1: it i'm a cm punk mark and i also feel that way But I also feel like um, it seems like a lot of his frustrations from the press conference through IG's story about sleeping with Shawn Michaels. Like,
0: true story, by the way.
1: Absolutely true story. Yeah. They made love on several continents, Mm
0: -hmm. the Galapagos.
1: The Galapagos. So my initial thing, I don't know why I felt this way, but my initial thing was like, it's not that big of a deal. And I understand why it isn't that big of a deal. But I was—I guess it was just kind of like, it sounds like he's just really sick of people kind of putting words in his mouth. And whenever he tries to correct it, he goes about it in an immature and what I would consider the wrong way. I completely get the frustration with things being painted in a light without your experience. I also think it would help if, I don't know if I want to say this. I don't Mm -hmm. think like Mm -hmm. dropping comments on message boards is necessarily the most responsible way to go about things. And I'm not like a, a Meltzer hater or a policer and how people should behave. But when you just drop something isolated without any real context in an almost unofficial capacity. I just, I I don't know if that's the best process for disseminating news. Um, So I, I can understand why he would be frustrated. I think this is almost exactly the same as the, the press scrum though, in that while not nearly as severe, I feel like completely understandable sentiment, completely the wrong way to go about it. Um, I, initially I didn't think I, and I'm not one of the people that says everything's a work either, but there was a part of me that was like the way he took it down so fast. I was like, that feels worky. Um, but then it sounds like it wasn't. So I don't know. Um, his wrestling will always be some of my favorite wrestling. I'm sure this affects whether or not he could come back. I don't know how much weight is being assigned to it by other people. That's just like a, internal thing that I guess they have to work out. But I would say Ricky Stark's tweet about, can all my coworkers just shut the fuck up is a long longstanding, um, good evergreen tweet. And I will also say it sounds like it's always going to be under a magnifying glass because he's a lightning rod, but like people do dumb shit like this all the time. So I think that's why I, I wasn't that taken aback by it. I was like, Oh, Weird a wrestler airing their dirty grievances on social media. <laughs> I didn't like, barely kind of registered that I was like, oh, this is exploding like into a thing. So, but he should have seen the Rocky movies.
0: Yes. Have you seen the Rocky movies?
1: I have. I can honestly say that it's been a very long time. Same. And I, while I can remember scenes and certain references. Like I, um, I certainly wasn't like, oh, Rocky three. Is what they were doing with that, because I don't think I made it past Rocky Two.
0: If Rocky Seven, Adrian's Revenge. That's the one that I pay most attention to. There you go. Yeah,
1: Adrian.
0: Big Demo, December twentieth, twenty twenty two. Some wrestlers are just effing stupid. I don't know what to tell you.
1: I would say most. Yeah. I think him saying some is generous.
0: That yeah, was definitely him being generous. But shout out to Damo because uh, my interview with Nikki Cross comes out. Oh my god! This week. Oh but <laughs> she says very kindly. My back about- is
1: gonna hurt from picking all these names up off the floor.
0: Kate, my back's gonna hurt from carrying this damn website all the way across the finish line. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc, only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.
1: I can't even Hmm. really argue with that. You're really important to what we do here. However, (laughs) I got quite a jacked up schedule this week myself. That's
0: true. I'm so glad I'm not doing that much. Uh, (laughs) The punk thing just bugs the shit out of me. Because it it feels like he's easily gotten to, uh, which is something that is not, not great
1: when you're a pro wrestler.
0: Yeah, and, and but also like, listen, how many actors do we know out there who are just very uh, in their own bag and and very of, of themselves? Not necessarily saying egomaniacal, but certainly of a certain belief in themselves. I get that. I am a little frustrated that there are almost certainly people out there who are important enough to get to punk with the gaslighting that they seem to provide for him i'm not naming names because that's not what we're in the business of doing here when i read what he wrote i'm like okay you could have emailed someone in an official capacity about this and they would have ran with this as an official statement because sometimes when you just mess, when you just tweet out something randomly from your Instagram and then delete it, the, the look is worse than the comment. 100%, 100%
1: agree.
0: So I'm sitting there and you know, how many times in Sean's report does it say we reached out to CM Punk's camp and we heard nothing. We reached out to CM Punk directly and we heard nothing. If you're that pissed off and you decide to go to your IG to, to put that out there, why wouldn't you just press the send button on an email and give it to somebody who has an official capacity has, and and again, we, we work on this website. So therefore we're a little biased, but let's face it. There's a big track record of people who trust Sean to do his job and do it very well. Why wouldn't you want the guy that does his job and does it well and is very well recognized by his peers and others for doing the job. You
1: fucking homer. Sure, whatever. No, I'm just kidding. But like you're you're it right in nothing. that. But I my thing is my guess is, and I'm I'm far, 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 far away from being in the mind of CM Punk.
0: Don't but, even try.
1: But I will say, I can imagine situations where you just view wrestling media as a block and you shouldn't. But like if this is something that started in wrestling media. I could see him being like, well, I'm not going to wrestling media to fix it. I'll just put out my own thing. And then, I mean, he took it down so fast, it almost feels like he was still going to edit it or something. And (laughs) posted it, whatever. Like, it it went away. It wasn't like he left it up for a minute and, like, gauged reaction. He immediately took that down. I don't know if that was a play. God bless him if it was. Um, But I, I think... I think he probably views that as, like, that's been the root of the problem in in his entirety of AEW, right? Like, that's where he felt like it started in the first place. I disagree with that. There's so many varying degrees of quality with any news outlet. But I think if it started with that, like, it's it's a... You're probably not going to go to wrestling media for the solution with the headspace that he would be in, I would assume.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good that's something definitely worth thinking about. I'm just uh he's not backed into the corner he thinks he's backed into is really what I'm getting at. And he continues to uh, kind of back himself into it. Because again, that that's also been he said this in interviews like that's he does kind of have that mentality. And yeah, he's always been, you know, I'm I'm the only one who can do me. Um, someone has to teach him that there are other ways to do you that are not detrimental to literally everything around you so yeah
1: yeah and I, th- I think it's unfortunate because of the timing like it sounded like there was headway of people kind of like meeting in the middle you know and that i'm sure set it back on some level it just depends on how much weight they want to assign internally to that. i thought jericho's response was absolutely hilarious
0: oh absolutely and um, i'm not rules i'm not the biggest jericho fan although he did catch one of my tweets uh last week there, and I didn't tag the motherfucker. Someone else tagged him. <laughs> Son of a bitch. And I saw like Chris Jericho liked. It. I was like, no. I he
1: does. Know. He engages a lot. He does. Like he, he's he's liking and retweeting out on the streets.
0: He's got a lot of time on that bus of his, going from town to town. He sure does. <laughs> what else do we have to talk about here? Oh man, we we got into a lot of WrestleMania talk. We talked a little AW in that. CM Punk stuff. Was there anything from AEW Dynamite that actually tickled your fancy, or didn't? We can get into. I
1: mean, Omega and Vikingo was ridiculous. So Um, good, and I feel like the ending of it is so interesting, and now even more interesting with the CM Punk stuff. Like they're covering up Punk's face on the truck. It certainly looked like they could have been doing an angle with him. Could be an angle with Jeff Cobb because he's been calling out Omega. I do feel like it's funny that people get frustrated with the lack of story on certain matches. Cause it usually feels like ones that are meant to be athletic blockbusters. It just seems like the story always ends up being about, there is a story. So it's just not advanced with the person between the two guys. Right. So it's like, usually when it's someone like, holy crap, this is a marquee match with two guys that don't necessarily have a history, but it's a dream match. Like Things end up getting advanced outside of those two individuals, but advances things for one individual. They use that as a storytelling device all the time, especially when you're so stable heavy. So it just kind of makes me laugh that people like maybe either didn't consider that or catch on to it. But the I thought that whole last segment was a home run. I felt like the match was incredible. I thought it was something different. I think. Kenny Omega is just, like, on this unbelievable run where he did what he did with Wasprey. He did this match. Like, a healthy Kenny Omega is a good Kenny Omega. Uh, And so was, honestly, so was an unhealthy Kenny Omega. This one just is even better. So, just very cool. And then the Elite storyline, I I think, is pretty interesting. I'm so happy Stu Grayson is back. That warmed my heart. Um, I would love to see Stu and Uno um in ROH if they're not if I I don't want them to just keep being Adam Page's henchmen like these guys deserve more than that um but there's some dream matches down in ROH that I would I would like to see with the tag division that they're building out there Aussie Open versus Stu and Uno would like be awesome um but very glad Stu is back and and that ending I thought was was awesome really really good
0: I have a feeling I saw Aussie Open versus Uno and Stu in 2019 (laughs) did you really i think i did i definitely saw them compete in the same building on SummerSlam weekend but for some reason what i'm remembering in my brain is like i see kyle fletcher in front of me selling but then in my memory i'm watching uno and stew on the other side of the ring coming out for their entrance
1: i like that you're like having a vision about it
0: yeah that's kind of what i kind of what i do (laughs) <laughs> um, listen I've seen I've seen all of them wrestle a, a bunch of times and I would love to see them match up again if I haven't already seen it. So uh yeah, that would be that would be a lot of fun. The Vikingo and Kenny match lived up to expectations 100%. Um I did day after dynamite with Will Washington this week and uh, we kind of talked about the you know the the discourse uh, and here's the thing about the discourse shut the fuck up about the discourse. But um the 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 conversation around whether or not you need to promote a star before they come in especially if you're calling it a dream match the way i kind of put it was and i don't know if you'll agree with this or not but if you have a dream match where 50% of the people in the match are already well known to your audience in this case Kenny Omega and the other 50% are maybe not as well known you still call it a dream match because you know that the person who is known to the 50% has Really good matches. Ninety-nine percent of the time, they go out there, and you can trust that that person—they could work a broom and call the dream match. And guess what? That person is probably going to take them to a really, really good match. Do you agree with the sentiment that it's kind of like? Do you need to give the kingo more than they gave them?
1: Uh, well, Kenny Omega would be able to give a broom a good match because he's the cleaner. So that just makes sense. You're welcome
0: for that, by the way. That was the setup.
1: Very well done. Uh, I think it's actually pretty superstar star wrestler dependent. And I use all three of those because I think it's true across every wrestling company and every brand. I think Vikingo is probably the least you need a vignette guy in the world. Because as soon as you see that dude, you're like, holy shit, this is crazy. I feel like, uh, there are wrestlers who you, you should, you should do that with, um, ones that maybe need a little more context because i don't know you don't want to just throw a spooky context character out there with no lore right that would be weird um or we guys code. yeah or, or guys with a, a little bit more traditional of a move set where you want to uh, just give ideas on who their character is the thing that cracked me up about the vignette discourse is that everybody who is complaining about the lack of vignettes is someone that knew who he was already I did not see anybody who was like, I'm so frustrated because I don't know who this guy is. It was all people that are like, they need to do vignettes to introduce people. And it was like definitely people who already knew who he was. But I I think it's wrestler dependent. And I think Vikingo is not one that you need that with. I think pretty much from his whole presentation with the tunic and the, like before he even steps foot in the ring, that guy's got your attention. And then what he does in the ring, I mean, my God. So um and you also weren't starting a feud with him. Like even look at what they did with action and dreading. No one knew who the hell that was, but he beat Chris Jericho. I wouldn't have wanted vignettes for that. I want that to be my first impression of that guy. So I think context and who the wrestler is, is a really, really important part of that conversation. I think everybody who was talking about it for the, for the most part is a big dork because they're the ones who already knew who it was.
0: Yeah. And on top of that, like you said, it didn't really matter to the larger story going on in, in AEW with the elite. The the Vikingo match was great, and then one, two, three, Kenny wins, and then they sweep Vikingo out of the ring so that they could do Blackpool Combat Club, and that's fine. Like, the story here is Adam Page and the Elite and the Blackpool Combat Club, and what's going on there? Vikingo was just a means to have Kenny in the ring when it all goes down. And that's fine. I liked it. the um, The idea that really is in the back of my head is like, how did Don know? I think the call is coming from inside the house, and I think Don has a deal with uh, Black Bull Combat Club. Not saying he's going to be their new guy, but it feels like Don's going to be involved somehow with giving them information.
1: Do you think we might have a heel to Tekeshta out of this?
0: I wouldn't hate it.
1: Don's I been w- recruiting him. I kind of, I kind of like that idea. I feel like Takeshita fits in with the Blackpool Combat Club really well if they did want to go in that direction. Um, I just really like rooting for Takeshita, but I, I'm definitely not opposed to, to that thought. It is kind of crazy, though. He's so over you. I feel like almost want to keep that rocking and rolling. But.
0: I also wouldn't mind putting Takeshita in Ring of Honor for a little bit and letting him kind of keep building what he's doing. Not for a long time. He doesn't need to be there for a year, but have him go for a pay-per-view cycle. And uh, and get a a big rack of wins, get him into just a, a a statement match that he wins, comes out of a feud, and then goes back to AEW where like hopefully they talk about how he came to Ring of Honor, how he had a big match against X Y Z, and it was this and that, and then you you know you put him into a major feud that's not Chris Jericho.
1: Correct, that would be refreshing.
0: Yeah, although Adam should <laughs> get Jericho soon enough so excited for Jericho and Chugs. That's going to be great. You, you want to play video games? I don't play video games. You're a sports entertainer. I don't care. I don't know why he has an accent like that, but Jericho has a... He does, to you ...accent like that. We got <laughs> Chitown Spurs with the super Chat. Between Jake Hager and Julia Hart, is it fair to say that AEW's hat lore is more interesting and pertinent than Uncle Howdy lore? Listen, listen. You can wear a hat and you can wear a mask, but you can't wear both. Okay. (laughs) You do both. You kind of cross the line. Um, I like the hats behind me. I think they're very good hats, but you like those hats. I like those hats. Do you like Jake Hager's hat? I liked MJF's version of the Hager hats.
1: The MJF version was incredible. So good. DG really just kind of like puts everybody else to shame with his fashion. though. like that. Um, that fit that he had this week was just outstanding. Um, I The Uncle Howdy stuff actually is kind of a bummer because it felt like they had a really clear picture of what they were going to do. And then that got sidetracked with a Mountain Dew. And then now there's, and then it was Bobby Lashley for some reason. And now Bray is out with illness. So that stinks. Um, I hope he's okay. But hat lore is very important uncle howdy lore should have been important
0: i can't confirm goofy hats are in fact part of a- <laughs> it that's true Shytown's towns first gets it um yeah that's that's wild there so uh, earlier today i kind of put out a tweet saying i don't want to talk about cm punk what else should we talk about you want to see what people had to say
1: uh there's only one response that mattered and it was uh, techno team 2000 but
0: we're not going to talk about them.
1: <laughs> oh, come on. Joel, the oh. future is now. The year 2000 is quickly approaching.
0: Someone, uh, someone said we should talk about the NWA. There's absolutely no way we're going to talk about the NWA. Um, Here's,
1: I'll say this about the NWA.
0: It exists.
1: I'll, I'll also say it sucks that the title picture is what it is because there's some really great talent on the undercourt. <laughs> <laughs> Mischief dog. Holy shit. Young That's lady. Fantastic.
0: Daphne I mean, it, can run this it. Is,
1: this is why we need a new setup. Young lady. So, sweet little Daphne is feeling better from her heartworm treatments, and her personality is coming out, and she is a mischief maker and <laughs> an attention whore. <horror. laughs>
0: So we called the vet and we asked for the worms back. We
1: were like, can we just, at least the medication that had her zonked.
0: right. uh, Do you have the zombie meds again?
1: Well, she's so funny because I still, to this day, have not really heard her bark. But she will get into shit. So (laughs) she'll, like, just rip up a notebook for attention, but she doesn't bark. So there's not, like, any... Um, fire behind any of it. She's just like kind of quietly going about destroying things, I, I would laugh
0: if the first time you hear her bark, it's just woof. <laughs> just, just
1: like a deep.
0: Woof. <laughs> <laughs> she grew up in a in a family full of guys, and does, that's all she knows. Just woof. <laughs> woof. bark. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you, though. The NWA is hampered by its by its champion. It's hampered by the, the, the wrestlers that are not good keeping the wrestlers that are good down. And that sucks because there are parts of NWA that, yeah, I'll watch and I'll enjoy. Like, Camille has gotten a million times better than where she started. So um, much better. But nobody knows what the hell to do with her because it feels like she's just waiting out a contract.
1: Yeah, th- that's what sucks. Is with as much wrestling as I watch, I, I'm not really seeking it out anymore. I used to, but because of the title picture is, and it it wasn't great for a while. But now that it is what it is, I'm I feel bad, but I'm like, I'm I'm kind of not actively seeking it out. It has kind of killed it for me.
0: It's become one of those things where if I just happen to be looking around on a Sunday or Saturday night, no WWE, no AW, no indies. I like. Oh, the NWA is on. Okay, let's check this out, and then I immediately regret my decisions. <laughs> just, just how it goes. Um, we can touch real quickly. Someone had mentioned the uh, the injuries to Josh Alexander and Mickey James. That sucked. As as someone who who does impact stuff, uh, the Mickey incident or uh, Mickey injury, um, it was really tough because so so the timeline was. Mickey, they announced Mickey's injury on Thursday night after Impact, and they say the match with Jordan Grace at Sacrifice is off, uh, and they're going to address her situation at Sacrifice. Cool, no problem. And then the next morning, Friday morning, they announced via press release, and everyone gets it, saying that Josh Alexander tore his triceps, and he's going to be out and therefore relinquishing the Impact World Championship, effectively ending his nearly the, nearly one year reign as impact champion that is the worst part is that he was on such a tear and he was built up for steve macklin really because at rebellion that was supposed to be the match um that's since been changed it's going to be kushida and macklin for the vacated impact world title sure it kind of that's all they could do so it felt like they had no choice with josh and his injury meanwhile with mickey james the timing really messed things up they didn't want to have both major champions vacate their titles so mickey comes out at sacrifice and says i have a busted rib um i can't compete tonight don't know when i could compete i'm hoping to be back for rebellion i'm out of multiverse united which is this coming thursday and then santino's like okay, this is what we're going to do. They're sitting there. Literally, it's like the three of them with Gia Miller just sitting sitting in the backstage having a chat. It's very surreal. And so, yeah, Mickey's like, I'll probably be back for Rebellion. And Gia's like, well, what if you're not? And then Santino's like, well, what we're going to do is we'll have a four-way at Multiverse United where the number one contender uh, is decided there and they will face Jordan Grace for the Knockouts Championship there. If Mickey James can be ready in time, it will be a triple threat. <laughs> yeah. For the knockouts title. You're either Mickey wrestles at rebellion or doesn't. Feels like she's going to regardless if she's ready or not. And she'll just kind of work lightly depending on where she is. But I don't know. What, what's your take with Josh and Mickey's uh, injury statuses?
1: Oh, it, it just sucks. It <laughs> yeah. just sucks. Uh, Mickey, of, of course. But Josh Alexander... What a what a run he was on and has had. Uh, like a, there's very few situations where the t- title makes the performer and the performer makes the title. I feel like that's exactly what happened with Josh Alexander. That's rare. The last person I can remember that happening with was probably Miro. Um, but this has been one of those situations, and it's just always really special when a wrestler is over because of how good they are at wrestling. Like. That's also pretty rare. Josh Alexander is one of those guys. Brian Danielson's one of them. Tag wise, FTR is probably one of them. They just got over for putting on great matches. Um,
0: I thought FTR were over because the bald guy has a really successful podcast.
1: FTR Bald does have a really successful podcast, which, according to the internet, everybody is legally obligated to listen to, whether they like it or not. So, In-
0: including AEW legal, to whom he sends transcripts.
1: Correct, yes. Yes. Just putting Uh, that out there. So, but when you combine all those things, you had like a really special thing going for Josh Alexander. I feel like it was probably time to maybe start winding down his reign anyway, but it would just have been nice if, you know, this incredible reign was all for something to lose, you know, that there was a story that I got to go out on. But at the same time, when he's back, he'll be coming back for that title. So that, that rules Steve Macklin's awesome. I'm, I'm, my thinking is they'll probably go that route instead of Kushida, but that match will be great. Um, it just sucks. There's like a, a lot of really great stuff that happens on Impact and his was one of the few things that I feel like people weren't just catching up on, like people were actively tuning in to see him. So you would know better than I, but it, it just has always felt that way that if people were tuning in on a consistent basis, his, his wrestling and reign were a big part of why.
0: There was definitely that. Going back to Macklin, what's most frustrating is that it felt like Rebellion was going to be his crowning moment. And they had just really started planting those seeds properly for the feud that Josh and Steve Macklin were about to have. Macklin was talking about being obsessed with the title and with josh alexander because josh kept winning and winning and winning and beating everyone in his path and they started showing macklin watching from the sidelines or from the backstage every match he was scouting him they were starting to bring that into play where it was going to be macklin is so well prepared that he's going to take down and be the only guy the first guy to take down the impact world champion since he won there were since before he won even he was winning matches so like there was such a good story in place, and it sucks so hard that now they have to tell it in a different framing. It feels like they're gonna the way they played it off at Sacrifice was that Kushida tapped out Macklin, and it feels like Macklin was just shook because like he doesn't know Kushida at all. Now he's got to like learn everything about Kushida to win the title. It's a really strange uh, story that they're gonna have to try and and tell and sell in the next god three weeks. But um, yeah it sucks when all your, when your main champions go down like that
1: and on, on the same episode, right? It wasn't even
0: effectively. Yeah. Because the, I, I, I don't know in terms of the Mickey stuff. I, I was told it was the last tapings. I know Sean reported that too. Um, what's frustrating about that is that they waited for so long to get that out there, but because Mickey was part of matches up until the last set uh, the last episode going into sacrifice, that was kind of like, we can't say anything publicly. Sure. Because- you know, it's all taped. Um, and then the Josh stuff, I don't know when it happened. I haven't spent enough time going through his cage match to be like, when did he last fight? And where could it have happened? Or maybe he was training. Like, I don't even know if this happened in the ring or out of the ring. So uh, that's kind of where they're Heart at. Heartbreaker. Yes, at the same time. That sucks. Uh, and then the last thing I guess we can talk about is uh, Randy Orton. There's uh, some Randy Orton on the radar these days.
1: Randall Keith Orton.
0: Do we want to see him back real soon? Or are we still, uh, or, or you think we're just going to be waiting on it?
1: It kind of, uh, I don't, I don't know what happens with riddle because his never cir- heard of him. His circumstances are so uh, specific. You know, you don't want to rush back anybody who's dealing with any specific issues. They might not want to deal with the PR side of bringing someone back. Um, that's kind of continually had a couple of hiccups like this. So it, it's, I actually, I think Orton's great when he tries. Um, where, what you bring him back into, I don't know. I don't know. That's where it gets a little dicey. Um, if you a- want to, I think he's going to get cheered when he comes back. So you could do like, what well, Orton versus Theory, Orton versus Orton versus Theory actually could be good. Because, like, yeah. you, there's a lot to play off of, of like, Orton is Cena's Generation, right? There's, you could play off some fun stuff there, but...
0: I can see Randy coming back as a face, 100%. Dude, like, they're going to cheer him because he gets that legacy pop every time he walks out. That's fine. But then they will turn him because he's most effective as a heel in, in WWE. Um, with that in mind him and Cody would have a good story because legacy started sure. with Cody as the underling wanting to break free. And now the underling has become the ho- the hottest guy in the business, the top guy in the business. So I wouldn't mind seeing them have a feud, maybe even going into SummerSlam. There's space there for that. Doesn't that I'm
1: intrigued. Fun? I think, I think a lot of it is going to depend on, are they bringing Riddle back at the same time? If, are they i guess is he coming back in a stack chamber or is he coming back alone
0: or is he coming back at all
1: yeah I mean I think I don't think it's accidental that he's getting close got leaked out there right yeah I feel like usually that's that's usually pretty pretty plotted
0: I'm interested to see where Randy slots in because he is a guy that can literally show up and immediately have you know, an, a major spot or a major impact riddle and Randy, if they're back together against Sammy and KO, not a bad way to go just to get a good couple of matches going. The RKO versus the Cody cutter. I see in the chat. That's a pretty good deal. Not bad, not that's bad. for it. There's space for it. So I guess we'll see where Randy slots in, assuming he's coming back again. A lot of this is, is just kind of hearsay until he shows up, but if he's going to be in LA brother, get the, get the bus. He's gonna have the whole family in tow. You just know it. He'll be doing yeah. of Kim and his kids the whole time. His kids That's are gonna right. be running around backstage looking for photos with anyone and everyone they can get. That's all I got for Kate. Should we get out of here? Or should we keep talking?
1: Oh, we're gonna talk about impact, but not ROH. I see what you do.
0: We can talk about ROH. I'm just I'm so far behind on ROH. So if you want to talk about ROH, let's talk about ROH.
1: Only truly, only because Supercard is coming up. Let's go. Uh, the reach for the sky ladder match, I think it's going to just be really fun and special.
0: Who's your team for this? So go over the teams and get, tell me who you think is going to win this thing.
1: Um, Let me pull them up just to make sure I got them right. I think it's probably going to go to top flight or I would love for it to go to Aussie open. I just don't know what the, Um, let me pull up the whole super cards. So we can kind of do like a mini preview.
0: Yeah, I've got it uh I've got it here if you want me to T M up for you.
1: Oh yeah, go for it.
0: Okay. So for the Reach of the Sky ladder match for the vacant Ring of Honor tags and championships, we have Lucha Brothers against Top Flight, the Kingdom, Aussie Open, and La Faccion Ingo That's gonna be Roosh and Relistico.
1: Yeah, I think you I think it's gotta go top flight. And I'm intrigued to see if anybody shows up as a surprise in any sort of way. Like I I wouldn't be shocked if FTR jumped in this and lost. But I, I think that could be really really fun, um, especially with their obviously the history with the Briscoes. It would almost feel like they were absent if they didn't. But who knows with schedules. But I, I feel like they're setting up Top Flight to to be your next your I guess establishing ROH champions here. Also, just a nice pass off to the fact that it's brothers. Like that's a that's a nice. Um, moment a nice tradition to have and they've also been one of the few that has had like establishing programming leading up to this where they've been in a bit of a feud with the kingdom so um i I think you already have like your first title picture set up which is good
0: see i think that the kingdom are going to win and i know that during the crossover between the post ring of honor and post impact show people thought i was trolling but i really think that they might put that title on the kingdom and then do a top flight and kingdom feud down in ROH for a bit.
1: I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it. Uh, it, It's a little tricky too, because I just don't know how some of the crossover teams are going to be used, right? Like we had AR Fox and them heavily featured as a trio. So I I think part of that'll be the delineation a little bit, but it feels to me like it's going to be top flight. Just, just watching the past few weeks. But I I wouldn't be mad about
0: it. Speaking of uh, AR Fox and Trios matches, he's going to be challenging for the ROH World Six-Man titles along with Blake Christian and Metalik against the Embassy. That's the team of of Brian Cage, Khan, and Toa Leona. Now, once again, Kate, have I told you my favorite part of the Ring of Honor Six-Man Tag Team Championships?
1: You have not told me that.
0: Every single holder of the Ring of Honor Six-Man Tag Team Championships since Tony Khan bought it has not been a full-time roster member <laughs> or signed in any way, shape or form. There's always one. And in this case, it's Brian cage.
1: That's the X factor here, right? Like, I think, yes. uh, that's, that makes it kind of tricky. It feels like they should retain based on what we've been watching, but that might just be because I'm not like fully bought into this trio of metal leak and, um, but Christian and Ar Fox, because Ar Fox was just kind of like rented for this angle, it feels like. So
0: very strange.
1: It it is an odd choice. My guess is that the embassy retains, and that hopefully they've worked something out with Brian Cage. Um, my other guess is you've got Dalton and the boys challenging wh- whoever next, and and being the ones to ultimately take it off of them.
0: Yeah, we'll see where we go. But I mean, I can see the embassy retaining, and then that's that. Maybe start playing around with the embassy a little bit more in terms of like the just the members or even storytelling with the embassy. I'd like to see more of that.
1: We'll embassy where it goes.
0: <laughs> for the Joe Ring of immediately
1: Honor. regrets that we didn't end the episode.
0: I do. It's okay. Well, that was last night. We'll talk about that show in a minute. <laughs> uh, for the Ring of Honor World Television Championship, Mimosa Joe defends against Mark Briscoe. <laughs> this is potentially a feel-good moment or. Mark Briscoe's first, like, major loss in the new Tony Khan Ring of Honor era. Where do you see this going with uh, Samosa Joe?
1: My gut is that Mimosa Joe retains as the king of streaming services. I just think he's such a great stronghold to have there with that belt. And I feel like you could do something really compelling about Mark you know, not being prepared for action in Ring of Honor without his brother. Like, there's there's ways you can go with that. Um, I wouldn't be stunned if it went the other way. I think that could be a really, really fun way to go about it. You'd also have Samoa Joe spiraling. This is another thing where I feel like it kind of just depends where they want to book Samoa Joe, like, which show you want to book him on. But with his history there, you know, Danielson saying he wants to go home, there's so many possibilities that, that you could have there. It just, feels to me like Samoa Joe retains.
0: Samosa Joe loses to Mark Briscoe, shows up on Dynamite on commentary the next week wearing a poncho. I'm in. Let's do it. I'm in. I
1: think he also could uh, just be a nice member of QTV. He has unfinished business with Hobbs.
0: Oh, that'd be so much fun. Let him run QTV. My God yeah let's like yeah let's do that uh (laughs) i could see mimosa joe retaining and mark briscoe suffering the loss i could see i could see that it would it would be fine uh it depends on the placement of the card and of course what else is going on i'm looking at all the other title matches and like that yeah there are certain things that it's like if this happens this happens it's a game of chess so uh let's let's move on athena defends the ring of honor women's world championship against yukasaka zaki um I have nothing on this match. I just expect Athena to retain. Do you have a uh, you probably have a lot more to say?
1: no, I think you're you're right on that. Most of the Athena time in r o h has been more spent with Willow and on Willow, and she's not the one that is chasing here, but yuka I think is they were just doing some work on dark, so they pivoted to this, which I think is good. I think you're probably gonna build up a loss to. Trisha Dora or someone like that. I, maybe Sky Blue, she's been getting so many reps. But I, I I don't see Yuka being someone that's sticking around ROH, so I don't see her winning here. But this this version of Athena is awesome. I kind of wish it was being built in with this outcasts thing that's happening. She'd be a great piece.
0: Sky Blue is an interesting character because she's like oh and twenty-eight. And and this is like this year. She she doesn't win. Uh, when I was on Day After Dynamite, I kind of said, what if they do Blood and Guts with the women, Sky Blue's on the team, and she ends up getting the win? That's going to skyrocket her, no pun intended. Oh, and I, I like that mad. idea. Yeah, it was mad at that. It was one of the ideas that I had alongside the one we talked about with how we get to Brit and Jamie splitting up. But maybe you don't even need to do that if you can get Sky Blue to get the win, and uh, that would start giving her a little bit more moving forward and start building her as a, as a major player in, uh, in AEW. But uh, with Athena, this is the right spot for her right now. This is good. She's doing really good stuff in Ring of Honor as this character.
1: I I think she's been great. I just feel like the AEW main could use a heel like her. They don't have a heel that's doing what Athena's doing really right now. Um, but I, I'm not mad about it. Like I I watch both shows, so I'm happy about it. But this this reign's been awesome. She had a great proving ground match with high-end. Proving ground matches are just, like, one of my favorite devices in wrestling. It's so much fun to have, like, a... It's such an easy excuse (laughs) for how how to build out a possible contendership. Um, But but really, really fun. I I think Athena retains here, though, for sure.
0: Let's move on to the Pure Rules title on the line. Wheeler Yuta against... Katsuyora Shibata. This match should be really good. I, I expect Wheeler Yuta to retain. I wouldn't be surprised if Wheeler Yuta cheats his way to retaining the pure championship. But Shibata is going to beat the living daylights out of Yuta throughout the entirety. What do you think is going to happen?
1: Yuta is going to retain. This is some of my favorite work I've seen him do. I feel like using... The whole point of pure rules is that you have more rules and he's finding ways to cheat within and around them, um, which is just very fun as a wrestling fan to watch. Uh, definitely he's going to retain. I wouldn't be shocked if his next challengers is someone else from the LA dojo based on where this is taking place. And the story that they've built out has been, I don't want one of the students. I want the teacher. That's how we got to Shibata, but I, w- I would not be surprised if someone else from the dojo came out to challenge.
0: Bad dude Tito versus Wheeler Yuda no
1: i'm in let's do it
0: it <laughs> was, was great on the impact pay-per-view last uh, this past friday so awesome him and shane hayes had a good match against ace of Base. uh for the AAA Mega campeon chip uh elgio de Vinkingo versus commander this match came out of nowhere was announced and uh this is gonna be a really friggin fun match
1: <laughs> the fans the fans win
0: yeah like that's it,
1: it doesn't that's- matter doesn't matter. Yeah. Key- I think it in, in cases like this, usually the champ retains, right? This is just like something that they sprung up on on us to give us a, a dream match here.
0: This is this is the ECW brings in two lucha stars to go absolutely hog wild for your enjoyment.
1: But where are the vignettes?
0: On the internet. <laughs> They're just gonna-
1: the other thing with the vignette discourse is like you can just go YouTube shit now. This is not like the 80s. <laughs>
0: You're asking too much, Kate. People don't use the Google. I literally have people on Twitter being like, wait, what happened with this and this? It's like, you know, there's a search bar on Twitter right in the top corner.
1: Huge pet peeve of mine when people are like, wait, what time is that on? Like, tweet that. It's not. I'm like, I I will never respond to that. Not once in my life.
0: Finally, for the Ring of Honor World Championship, Claudio Casagnoli takes on Eddie Kingston. There's so much going on. Between Claudio and BCC, between both brands, that like you can put this into th- there's so many different ways this can go. And again, going back to how other matches play out, Mimosa Joe, most specifically, that if again, if Samosa Joe retains, we might look at a new Ring of Honor champion. If Mark Briscoe wins the World Television Championship, Claudio might retain the world title.
1: I think Eddie goes over. I had been feeling that way, especially because he quit. But then in the sit down segment, they kind of have been, Claudio did a great job pushing the same thing that the rest of the Blackpool Combat Club has said to him of, and was Punk's big through line too, of like this wasted potential thing but Eddie's reactions were so different this time. It was all about like turning it back to the championship. It was about turning it back to the lineage. He wasn't kind of taking the bait. I feel like that's an intentional story driven move. And I think this is Eddie gets his redemption here. And I I think it's going to be a hell of a match. And that sit down with Caprice was fucking awesome.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Go back and watch it. It's on ring of honors. Uh, Twitter, it's on their YouTube, it's all over. Like they made a big deal out of this. It was good. I'm
1: such a huge mark for him, and he just—if the point of a promo is to sell me on a match, he's doing that every time. Yeah. Him giving me like goosebumps with some of the things he was saying while wearing a Flint Tropics jersey. Just beautiful. beautiful.
0: So you think Eddie's going to win the world championship?
1: I do. <sighs> I I wouldn't be shocked if he didn't. This could go either way. But I I think even just from a roster delineation and clarity standpoint, you strap up Eddie here.
0: That would be great. And that's really what I'm after when it comes to Ring of Honor is starting to really separate those rosters and get a much clearer idea of who's where. I appreciate that the champions don't wear their titles on each other's programming anymore. We're starting to get away from that. But now it's time to start having the title holders just be title holders on those shows it's not a demotion it should just be seen as you are the flag bearer for your place right now this is where you're going to work we're not paying you less so you know this was this is kurt angle working in ecw all over again this was someone saying like someone's got to build the brand so kurt you're going to do that that's what i that's why i see it
1: and i think when eddie kingston does come back up to AEW, he probably has the roh title and is facing mjf I don't like, hate like, like I'm a champion you're a champion. Let's fucking battle. I think it could be really really fun. But
0: That's the forbidden door match. There it is. There it is. Ring of Honor versus AEW. That's your forbidden door. Who needs Okada versus MJF? That's boring. Who needs that? That's not fun.
1: <laughs> I would like to see Okada.
0: <laughs> I want MJF. I want MJF versus Toriano. I think that would be the match.
1: Oh my goodness
0: imagine listen Toriano beat Moxley so I think he's got to play here
1: okay I'm in
0: let's do it one last super chat and then we're gonna get out of here from Gbro, go watch or listen to my show with Jeff Hawkins me being Joel I'm reading the super chat uh yeah myself and Jeff Hawkins last night because there was no newsworthy this week since Jeremy was tending to some uh, some some family matters uh, everything's good there which is great to hear um we instead of doing newsworthy I called up Jeff Hawkins and I was like hey Jeff Let's talk about WrestleMania gimmick matches. And then we spent an hour and a half not really talking about WrestleMania gimmick matches, but still talking about WrestleMania matches from the past. So there's your hard sell. Go watch it after the show. And Kate, plug away, and let's get out of here.
1: Um, I don't know why Jeremy couldn't make the show if he was just watching the show Family Matters, but I'm <laughs> glad that everything is okay.
0: He's a big game. fan of Urkel, okay? Let him be a big Urkel fan
1: yee uh i don't know i'm a, i'm a mess this week you can find me <laughs> enjoying...
0: this, week? this week
1: i mean always but now i don't have like it, sunday's also doubled it's gonna be a whole thing but monday you can find me on fightful select doing the raw sour graps post show tuesday on the nxt post show sour graps on fightful main channel wednesdays at mark order pod for as long as i can stay awake because god knows this week thursday doing the ROH and Impact stream, which we get to hand off. Me and Reg hand it off to this feller and the wonderful Cresta Star. Uh, Friday, I think what's happening is I'm doing the ROH Supercard post show. You're going to have Robert Dude Felice on the main with Alexis Cardoza. And you will also still have Sour graphs behind the Bible Select like, Paywall, Saturday, Stand and Deliver post show on the main Fightful Select for WrestleMania night one Sunday. Maybe Joel and I will be back here. Maybe not. Uh, But I will definitely be on Fightful Select doing night two post-show for WrestleMania.
0: Who's doing the night WrestleMania post-shows this year? I don't know. (laughs) Do we ever settle that? I don't know. There'll be a watch along here, I think. I think Rob will probably run them. I don't know. This is a weird time of year now because it's my for those who don't know, my kid was born, uh, his birthday's on Thursday, so <laughs> Wrestlemania time has now become like, does daddy do work, or does daddy celebrate birthday? So
1: The roads to your son's birthday.
0: Seems awful. So we'll see where that goes. I would like to do a show on Sunday with you, even in the afternoon, where we can talk about Wrestlemania Night One, talk about stuff we watched on The Collective, talk about some Super card, whatever it is, we'll figure out sometime. Uh, oh yeah, if
1: I got vocal cords, I'm
0: there. <laughs> that's the problem. Who's gonna have vocal cords? Uh, <laughs> what am I doing? I, I'm I'm light, but I'm not light this week. I I'm, I've got the run sheet with LJ. Go follow us at the Run Sheet Pod. We drop an episode every Wednesday. Uh, I'll be doing. I don't know if I'm doing anything on Thursday anymore because Impact is supposed to be live, but also oh, that's right. Multiverse of Matches starts at 11 p.m. Eastern. And it goes probably a nice. two way up. We're not staying up and doing a post show immediately following because we also discovered that there are maybe four matches on the card that have any direct implication to impact storytelling moving forward. So what we might do instead is just the next time we're on, Cresta and I, we'll just talk about some multiverse stuff and then talk about impact from that week. However, if the live show from impact is good, then we might do a show. We'll see. That's Thursday. Um, then I got stuff here on Overbooked all the time. So just just come and follow me there. I'm at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. I think that's it, right? I think so. Ladies, gentlemen, friends beyond the binary. We'll see you in the next one. Cheers.
1: Catch those springtime vibes all over
0: Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers.